Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation, as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction, starring score baseball insider Bruce Levine and half of Chicago's number one sports morning show, David Haw, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, a radio.com sports Sports Station, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Good Saturday morning, Chicago. Welcome inside the clubhouse right here on Sports Radio 670. The score right there on your Odyssey app, broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios. I'm David Haw, along with Bruce Levine until 11 o'clock. Yes, we have a deal. Ignore those cold temperatures outside today, Bruce. Our winter of discontent is over. Hope springs eternal again. Baseball is back, and to paraphrase the late, great Ernie Banks, let's play 162. How about that, buddy? Welcome back. You want to start singing na-na-na-na or uh, hey-hey, holy <laughs> mackerel? Where do you want to begin? Uh, it's really exciting. Uh, first and foremost, I want to thank all of our Chicago baseball fans for hanging in there with us the past three months. It hasn't been easy talking collective bargaining talk all this time you've hung in, hung up hung with us all the way through we appreciate it very much our programming people I want to thank mitch rosen and everybody this has not been an easy thing for baseball players owners in particular fans of the game like you and i are david so we are very pleased to be back for a full year as we always are 100 we're, we're with you every saturday 52 weeks out of the year, but it had been difficult, and now we are back to talking what we all love, which is Chicago baseball. Absolutely true. They hung with us, and some of them hung up on us, Bruce, and some of us, some of them we hung up on ourselves because that's the nature of baseball talk. But finally, we can shift from competitive balance tax and pre arbitration pools and all sorts of things that make us you know, we're tired of by now and start speculating about the season ahead because, yeah, baseball is back. But here's the essential question today we want to hear uh, from our audience. Baseball's back. How about you? Are, are you ready out there listening this morning? Are you ready as you see these reports come in on your Twitter feed about, you know, the Cubs signing this guy or the Sox wanting that guy? Will you come back to the game? I know you won't forget but will you forgive? 312-644-6767. Very curious, Bruce, about how baseball fans who did not miss a game. You know, this is a lockout that lasted 99 days, but it did not affect the schedule. It only deprived us of the offseason speculation. The hot stove was unplugged, if you will. But will fans come back now that it's all over and done with? Well, I think they will, but I think there's uh, some out there that will voice their opinion at uh, 312-644-6767 that, uh, you know, maybe uh, you dragged us through it. Maybe we'll make you 
uh, wait for us to show up as well. Maybe we'll wait until the Bulls are done uh, this year at, with the NBA. Uh, maybe that's that's a possibility, you know, as they go into the playoffs. There, there is and there always are ramifications, David, uh, when you drag people through the emotional ups and downs of we're canceling the first week, we're canceling the second week of the season. Uh, those things are never uh, ideal, and hopefully uh, Chicago fans will come back in groves. I, I think they will. They, they all love the game, and we will hear from you again at 312-644-6767. And Bruce, inside the clubhouse, brought to you by Aloha Restoration for your home to pre-disaster, restore your home to pre-disaster condition. Aloha Restoration. So we want to get to the phone calls. We want to get to to the audience. But Bruce, let's begin um, where this all ended, and that is with the agreement. When the news came that basically the lockout had ended and the deadline, the phony deadline, had been extended, and we basically had an agreement. What is your quick synopsis of who won, who lost, and, uh, and what, what the game will look like moving forward? Well, initially, uh, most people will say that the players won, and, and good, because uh, there's, no, there's no baseball fan out there in America that comes to see an owner uh, of a team. They all come to see both the product and the worker being the unique and uh, very talented baseball player uh, in the major leagues. So th- that, that's, that's a given, okay? Uh, the, the people were never going to be rooting for ownership during this thing. But I think the players, having gotten their minimum salary up $125,000 a year, from five seventy-five to 700000 also getting a pool for the first 100 players between one and two years in the big leagues before they can go arbit- arbitration in the top 22%, and then the three-year players. Uh, that is a, a huge win for them. Uh, just look at Corbin Burns, who was the Cy Young Award winner last year, uh, making uh, just under a million dollars last year. Under this system, if he had the type of year that he had last year, the Cy Young awarding, Award-winning year, the, uh, the, re- the rewards would be $4.1 million dollars meaning almost $3 million more in bonus money from this pool that has been created out of nowhere. So the players have a huge win creating this pool, getting their, um, getting, getting their uh, salaries up as minimums when they come into the major leagues, uh, you know, 20%. It's just a huge win for them. On the other side, owners are going to get all their money back and more, and that is... Uh, their new deals with Apple TV, their new deals with the Peacock Network, their new deals for streaming that Major League Baseball will announce down the line as they split up streaming money as that becomes a big part of people watching games. And on top of that, the new gambling in uh, all the ballparks and and all the teams eventually having uh, a, a gambling book to be able to bet at at Major League Baseball games. There's huge revenues that are in the game. There will be even more huge revenues down the line. So it's a win-win there. As I always say, David, it's the fans' game. They support it. Every penny, every nickel, every dime comes from the fans. And hopefully there'll be more for them to enjoy going down the road. Yeah, we're going to get to the phone lines in a moment. I just wanted to follow up on some of those thoughts, Bruce. I I think that when you talk about what happened to – 
the who won, who lost. It became owner versus owner on one side, big market versus small market. But then what surprised me the most, because we kind of knew that was going to be the case, but I wondered if you were as surprised as I was that it seemed to evolve into almost player versus player, if you will, on the other side. You had you know, the, the executive committee that was represented by guys like Andrew Miller and Max Scherzer and guys at the top end of the pay scale. And you had, you had also, um, they voted 8 nothing to reject this offer. And you had the rank and file voting to accept it, 26 to 4. And so you had a 26 to 12 finality in the vote. That kind of dissension or dysfunction among the union surprised me a little. Did it surprise you? Well, look at this, David. I look at it as really a 30-0 vote against the executive council. Because who was on the executive council, okay? There was Scherzer, right? There was Lindor. Okay, there was Miller, there was Goldschmidt, uh, there was, um, uh, who am I missing here? My, my whole point is the four, you had the eight guys on the executive council vote no, okay? But all of those guys were on teams that also voted no. See what I'm saying? The yeah, Mets, right, the Cardinals, right. the Yankees. Right, okay? You Good had point. Cole on there. Yeah. So, so, in my, so those guys were the leaders on those teams their teams couldn't vote against them, okay? But in right. reality, they would have. And I would say it was more like a 30 to 8 vote, meaning uh, the, all the teams and players said, you know what, guys? You did a great job of representing us. You got us an awful lot. Enough. We have to go back to work. It's time to go back. We'll fight this fight another day, five years down the line, and gain even more. But for now... It's a win situation for us, and we need to play all 162 to get paid. That's what I heard in the vote. Back to the business of baseball. Quick little nuggets. The Cubs signed Andrelton Simmons, a shortstop who's the goal. Really good, good field, no hit, Bruce. I think that's the definition. $4 million, one-year deal. Doesn't take them out of the Carlos Correa sweepstakes necessarily. We'll get into that more later. Carlos Rodon, the White Sox lefty, such a good season last year. He signs two years, $44 million with the Giants. The Cubs rumored to be in on Seiya Suzuki, possibly. We're going to hear more rumors today. They also make official. David Ross, Bruce, you reported this way back when. He gets a contract extension through the 2024 season with an option after that. Before we get to the phone lines, Bruce, anything about the headlines that have happened so far, maybe the ones that will happen today, surprises you? Well, I, I, thought, the, uh, I thought the signing of Rodon was, uh, was great for him. I mean, we've known Carlos for a long time. He's struggled with injuries every year of his career. Congratulations to him. He gets $44 million real dollars for two years if he wants it. Right. But uh, as Scott Boris does as well as anybody, he gets him an option to get out. If he has a great year this year, the first year, he can get out after the first year of the contract and go out there one more time and show that he's healthy and threw 175 innings and was in the Cy Young talk again. So if great for him. As, as far as the Cubs go, I think you underlined it. Uh, we'll move on a little further. Uh, they are not out of the Korea stakes. Uh, they are solidifying their team. As you mentioned, uh, Suzuki out there, a possibility in addition for the Cubs. 
So uh, lots to talk about, lots to hear a response from, from you at 312-644-6767. Yeah, winners, losers from the deal being struck, uh, winners, losers from the teams as they report to spring training in Arizona and in Florida, Cubs and Sox already at work reported yesterday. That was fun to see. And w- the real winner in all of this, the fan, the baseball fan gets their sport back. Guys like Ron out there on the south side who was on the score listener line, powered by BetQL, Bet Smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Ron, I know you're happy. Good morning. Absolutely. Good morning, guys. Um, you know, real quick, I know that the guys haven't gotten on the field yet, but for me, discussing baseball, possible trades, uh, signing a free agent, is just as enjoyable, almost more enjoyable than the game itself. Uh, and, and so I, I'm just looking forward, you guys, to, to the discussion. But I want to ask you all, you all talked about Carlos Rodon. Um, the strength of the White Sox team last year was the starting um, rotation. We looked at the position players that were injured. So I know there's talk about the right field uh, situation in second base. But for me, the priority has to be pitching. Uh, Carlos Rodon, you can argue, was probably the best pitcher in that starting rotation last year. He's gone. Yes, Michael Kopech will be in starting rotation. But you can only expect so many innings out of him this first year. So, uh, and there's questions about Dallas Keuchel. So, that's I want y'all maybe to talk about that. The importance of the White Sox getting another pitcher. It's just so good talking uh, baseball on a Saturday morning with you guys. Thank you. Thanks, Ron. Bruce, what does the White Sox rotation look like as we sit here this morning, and how might they supplement it moving forward? Uh, it looks like they have thrown no innings so far in spring training, and uh, and, and we're we're going to be playing baseball in about three and a half weeks. So uh, I think first and foremost, <clears throat> I'll tell you that a six-man rotation to start the uh, season might be a real possibility. Hmm. So you might you might be uh, putting a guy like Lopez in there as well to start the year. Uh, Rickon yesterday in his conversation with us media types. Also talked about the fact that uh, Garrett Crochet will be looked at uh, in the role that Kopech was in last year. And that means that he will be a setup man, he will be a long man, and he also will get some spot starts. So with all that in mind, you know, and David, keep in mind, you know, how many innings do you really think starting pitchers are going to throw the first two, three weeks of the season? It's it's that you said it last week, I believe it was. It's going to be gradual. There's going to be a ramp up phase, and you can't expect these guys just to show up in spring training and automatically a few weeks later be going five to six to seven innings. That those days, it would be naive to think that that were possible. Let me ask you this, and I don't want to, you know, sometimes we we study this so closely we miss the the obvious. The Sox have taken Carlos Rodon out of the rotation. He is now a San Francisco Giant. We talked about the terms. Aren't they going to miss that guy immensely? They have yet to replace him. And I know Michael Kopech sounds good on paper, looks good on tape. But you know what? Until he pitches an entire season, there's still going to be doubts about his durability. Right. And that's why I think uh, I think Lopez is such an important pitcher for him. He seemed to have turned a corner last year coming back after uh, – 
being a, a, a really good-looking young pitcher three years ago, throwing 188 innings, uh, you know, uh, 19 quality starts, and then falling off the face of the earth, ending up in um, the minor leagues again last year for a few months. Uh, that, that's a really important note. You won't hear it anywhere else, but to me, Lopez is a very, very uh, important pitcher for the Chicago White Sox this year, both as a starter or as a replacement for a starter or as a long man. Uh, I think he's he's found what he was missing. I think Ethan Katz has been a breath of fresh air for him, and I, I believe that uh, uh, those type of pitchers on teams, uh, both the Chicago teams, the other 28, all will be really, really important. The long man type, the guy that can throw three times a week, especially the first couple months of the season, that's going to be uh, essential for you to uh, win a bunch of ball games here. It, it could be a very erratic start to the season because the pitching is just, David, it's just not going to be ready in three and a half weeks. We're going to hear about expanded rosters that Major League Baseball allows. We might hear about uh, having uh, on the road still, again, you know, uh, a taxi squad of people to hmm. go along with uh, because you might want to have to switch out. But to me, 28 to 30 men to start the season is the, 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 the right way to go for Major League Baseball. I don't think they're going to miss the obvious and try to burn out all of these pitchers uh, who have only had 24 days of spring training before they start the season. Makes a lot of sense. It definitely does. Let's go back out to the phone lines. Baseball is back. How about you? Chris joins us from Springfield. Good morning, Chris. Welcome inside the clubhouse. Thank you, gentlemen. Do you think they're going to get rid of that uh, three batters per relief pitcher rule? I hope they get rid of that. Well, Bruce, we know they're not going to be uh, dealing with a, a ghost runner on second base to begin extra innings. How about the other rules changes? Thanks for calling, Chris. I haven't, I haven't heard that one changing, David. So I imagine that's still in place. I didn't see it anywhere reported. I contacts I talked to didn't include that as a change of the rules this year or next. So my assumption right at, at this point is that continues on. Uh, I know Major League managers did not like it. Major League general managers had to adjust their way of thinking by not having lefty specialists any longer, righty right. specialists, because you, you had to get at least uh, through three, batted, three, three, got three outs in an inning before you could come out. So uh, I, I don't like it, uh, but uh, again, um, I'm really happy that they did away with the, uh, the seven-inning doubleheaders and the uh, extra inning with a man on second base. To me, that was, you know, that, that's great for Chicago Park District, uh, not, not for Major League Baseball. Too gimmicky. Yeah, so much to sift through, Bruce, but next year we get the pitch clock and the elimination of the shift. This year we get the universal DH. Can't wait to see what that means to the Cubs lineup. I'm tired of watching pitchers hit. I don't think there's any value in that. Uh, does that. Is that something that you look forward to? The, the I guess, you, you, customers, the, the rules are the same now for the National League and the American League, and it's a long time coming from my perspective. I, I, didn't, I, I think that the, the death of the pitcher in the National League was the COVID year of 2020 when they, they, they adopted the – DH for the National League, if you'll remember, for the 60 games. Uh, pitchers hit 110 last year, David. So it was all-time awful. And 
there's really no benefit whatsoever uh, from having um, pitchers hit any longer. I was always a National League style guy. I like the strategy of having to take a pitcher out, using a pinch hitter, saving your best pinch hitter for the pitcher's spot in the seventh, eighth, or ninth inning. Uh, I've gotten by it, okay? That's all I can tell you. (laughs) Well, that's good. We will continue to talk about the rules changes. We'll continue to talk about the roster decisions because there's a lot going on. There's so much to get through, but we do have baseball back, and we've got a big show to reflect that. Ron Coomer. Uh, in a few minutes, we have Steve Stone at 10 o'clock. We've got Chicago Bound, one of our favorite features we can come back and bring back with uh, with some real possibilities because the Cubs are apparently reportedly talking with Carlos Correa. The White Sox have some holes to fill, and we will cover it all. Finally, we're talking baseball again. The sport is back. So are you. 312-644-6767. Let us know. Ron Coomer, when we get back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. I think it's just confidence, right? Confidence from the front office. Um, the fact that uh, Jed's enjoyed working with me uh, and has confidence in me. I think that just, for me, makes me feel really good. Um, you know, I don't think it changes anything about my, my daily uh, routine or, or, you know, how I go about my business. But it's just... You know, it's nice to have security, and um, when you feel like your boss believes in you, that's a really good thing. Inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, David Hall, Bruce Levine here until 11 o'clock. Talking baseball. Yeah, we're talking baseball again. The lockout is over. Thank you to Marquee Sports Network for that uh, audio of David Ross, who was talking about the contract extension he signed with the Cubs. It's now official. He's extended through the 2024 season. We have been talking about that for a while. Bruce reported that back in November, I believe, and Ron Coomer knows why uh, David Ross was rewarded with the contract extension. And, and Coom now joins us on the guest hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. That's where we find, oh boy, the part of the score family, the the uh, the popular older brother to everybody. Hey, Coom, how's it going? <laughs> older brother to everybody. That is great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing great, David. Brucey, how are you guys doing today? We're, we're great doing great. Because, yeah, I, I, go ahead, Bruce. I look at you know what I look at this, this that David's thing. Um, I, I was distracted by Bruce's singing at the you know the Vuk commercial. <laughs> at least we're back playing now, and I, I thought my job if we didn't play this year was going to be coaching Vuk's team this this summer with 
big Timmy Stoddard and Jeff Bukovic. So, so at least now I, I'm back to work doing what, you know, I'm not going to screw up any of them young kids that those guys are coaching. So that's probably a good thing. But all in all, David did deserve, I, I mean, he hasn't had a regular baseball season since he took the job. And he's done a very good job of navigating through all of the issues that baseball has had, whether it be COVID or shortened seasons and, you know, roster changes and, and changes in strategy because the rule changes. I mean, he's had to navigate a lot of stuff and he's come out the other end pretty well. So um, hopefully um, David will get a regular season under his belt this year and uh, get the Cubs back on track. If they can, you know, go out there and, and get him some, some high quality players to get them back in the, in the hunt again. Absolutely, Coombs. Uh, when you when you look at uh, the addition of Andrelton Simmons, what does that say to you? Can you piece that together? Uh, David and I are uh, talking to the, the great Chicago fans about uh, how to look at Simmons and whether or not the Correa situation is still viable. Will they add another superstar? Will Boros let him sign for less than ten years? Uh, how do you, how do you look at that and <laughs> How do you look at the near and, uh, and distant future of the Cubs as far as adding players? Well, I, I haven't – I don't know where that stands with Correa, although I would say someone like Simmons, because he's such a good defensive player, what that does is gives you um, somebody that when you run off the lineup, you know you have a really quality big league shortstop, right? Now, offensively, he's below average defensively, he's very much above average. I did a little recon last night when I heard he signed with the Cubs and talked to some of my friends over in Minnesota where he played last year, and his defensive skills are still at a very high level. So that's great news for the Cubs. You know, the the biggest issue is if you go out and get Correa, now he becomes a guy that's going to move around the infield a little bit and give you a great defensive player. And it's going to also allow Horner to move around the field a little bit and use his athletic ability to maybe go into center field where you have a need, maybe be a platoon in left or right, but do some different things. And, and you have, you know, one of the elite players at shortstop in the game if you sign Correa. If not, you've got Nico and you've got Simmons who can both play shortstop, both play well. One guy is much more offensive than the other. But for, for Nico, he's just got to prove that he can stay on the field every day and and be a viable candidate to be written in the lineup day after day after day because you have to have that at your shortstop position. Coom, when people talk to you about what to expect from this Cubs team this season, are the two answers right now as we sit here this morning, you know, a couple of days after the lockout ended and as free agent uh, frenzy continues, do you answer one with – well, you know what, in your mind, if they get Correa and they added a starting pitcher, then you're talking about a team that's going to contend for the National League Central title. And then the other answer is, the one you maybe don't want to go to, is if they don't get players of that caliber, they might struggle again, and it might be a long season. So are, are there two directions? Is this a real critical phase here the next week or so for the Cubs? I would say that that's a very fair assessment, David. Um, if the Cubs go out, you know, and, and we've heard that they have money to spend and they, you know, having money to spend is one thing. Being able to spend it sometimes is another, right? I mean, right. the guy has to agree to coming here and all thing, all the stars have to align. 
sometimes you really want a guy, and a guy'd like to come here, but someone else makes an offer that, you know, the old godfather, I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse, right? I mean, it just works out for someone else with what they have available to offer a high-quality free agent. So um, I would agree, though, as of today, the, the starting rotation looks pretty good. you got two young guys that are going to end up making the rotation, and you got three veteran pitchers who really know how to pitch. Um, I was a big fan of the Miley signing. I think he really fits in Wrigley Field. And Stroman's got a big arm, so that's, you know, along with Kyle, that's, that's very good. Uh, but you got, you know, some, some not-so-young guys, but some inexperienced guys who have had some success. And, you know, they're going to have to go through some of the learning, the, the, the learning curve of being in the big leagues now, and they're not going to sneak up on anybody. So how that plays out, big question mark to me. Um, but could be a very good thing. I'm not saying it could be bad. It's just a question mark right now. So, but, you know, in, in a matter of 48 hours with three signings, you could go from being an average team in, in question marks to being one of them, being the favorite in the, in the central. I mean, it, it just could happen. And the Cubs got some money to spend too. That's the voice of Ron Coomer. He's the best. You'll hear him all 162 on the score along with Pat Hughes and Zach Zaidman bringing you Cub Baseball this year as usual. No home like your home here on the score and the Cub and Cub Baseball. Hey, Coombs, um, if you're hired by um, the good people over at uh, 1060 West Addison to be the marketing director and also a, uh, an advisor to the baseball people, would it be Anthony Rizzo or would it be Kyle Schwarber that you brought back, not for nostalgia only, not for marketing only, but knowing that the bat, the, the big bat and the left-handed bat uh, is going to play well with a DH now in the National League? Boy, that's really putting me on the spot. Um, so much for Tony buying me dinner if I go with Kyle. Or Kyle buy me dinner if I go with the other. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I don't think you could go wrong either way. To be honest with you, Bruce, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bow out of this one. But um, here, here would be my point. If you feel like you still need a first base candidate and you want to get um, Anthony back where he can DH and platoon some at first base, but but be your first baseman, but giving him days off. I think Anthony's still got a lot of baseball left in him as a hitter. Um, and getting him off the field and DHing is very good. If you're just talking about DHing and, and and not talking about the defensive side of the game, I think Kyle Schwarber might be one of the top two or three guys in free agency out there. I really believe Kyle figured some things out and then also hitting in Fenway Park you know, gave him the confidence to use the whole field once again and, and go ahead and hit it to left field. And I, and I you know, he exploded last year, and, and he, makes it, he makes himself really tough to pitch, pitch to if, if he's using the other side of the diamond. So um, Kyle, Kyle's one of those guys I think that's got a lot of big, big years, um, you know, where you're talking about, you know, just dominating the game. He's got some of that left in him. Ron, you know if the Cubs do buy their way into contention over the next week or so, they're going to find themselves 
really without one of the key guys they might have gone into this winter counting on. Cody Hoyer, that was the yeah. under, understated worst news of the week. He now has Tommy John surgery on the mend on his long road back, but he was a guy that they would have counted on in the late innings, whether it was as a closer or an eighth inning guy. He showed some promise last year. Where do the Cubs turn now to a closer if they're in a position to need one as often as good teams need, often need one? Yeah, I think you're right now, David, as we speak, I think Wick would be the leading candidate um, to be the closer. But I, I looked at, um, at that happening, and Cody, that was just terrible for the Cubs and for him. I mean, we know that, but he, he brought something to the table that you don't see very often. You know, Hayter brought that. Maybe he wasn't quite to the Hayter level but um, in Milwaukee, but he brought that. Multiple innings, shutdown pitching, um, unique. And if you put him in good situations day after day um, and he didn't have to get overused, I thought he was – Extremely effective. He almost reminded me, guys, of uh, Miller from Cleveland back in the 14, 15, 16 days when Miller would come out of the pen from the left side and give Terry Francona those big, big innings um, to bridge that gap to the closer, right? Um, I think that's what the Cubs are looking looking at, and hopefully um, in a year's time he'll be back doing that. But that's a, it's a huge blow to the Cubs bullpen. You're talking about your number one bullpen guy and giving you more than just an inning um, in a game, and you're going to lose him for the year. Uh, last one for me, Coombs, and that is when you, uh, when you look at that rotation uh, going in there, how much better just rotation-wise on paper, and again, we, we have nothing else to go by other than that, are the Cubs going into 2022 with their rotation compared to what we were assuming and what we ended up actually seeing from the 2021 Cub rotation. Yeah, I, I really believe this year, Bruce, the, the young guys have got a good taste of what it's like to pitch in the big leagues and, and what it takes to be consistent day in and day out and pitch with your best stuff and then pitch without your best stuff and try to get through a ball game and, and give a team five or six innings. So I think that's a big plus for the Cubs the top three, um, Kyle Hendricks is Kyle. We know that he's going to lead the staff, and I'm a huge fan of Kyle Hendricks. Um, but the next two, I thought were great pickups um, for the Cubs, and I don't and I don't say it just because you know I'm biased Cubs way. I just really think they're just great pickups. And the other thing about it, bringing Miley in is a perfect fit for Wrigley with the two seamer that goes he can throw it to either side of the plate. He gets a lot of ground balls, and in Wrigley Field, we know that's great. Um, so that's good. And then Strowman is the exact opposite of the other two guys, right? So he's a, a in stature, a smaller guy, throws over the top with a good, firm fastball. I mean, he's a mid-'90s fastball guy. So you've got three guys that are totally different from each other, which I personally think is very good. If you go one, two, three, and you go into a big series in St. Louis – you're giving them three totally different looks in three days. That's a real positive to me. Real quickly before I let you go, Coom, you mentioned Marcus Stroman. I can't wait to watch him pitch. I think a lot of Cub fans are excited as well. Let me ask you this, though. We mentioned David Ross. His leadership is very important. 
Marcus Stroman lives his life out loud. This is a guy who's going to <laughs> he's going to win loudly and he's going to lose loudly. How big of a challenge or how much do you will you be watching and listening to the way this goes with David Ross and Marcus Stroman? Yeah, I I think David will will find a way to find some balance with Stroman. You know, the one thing with that's a great thing for David is he's been around the league a long time as a player, as a coach, managing. So you've played with players who have been like this, right? So you've seen the guys that are quiet and sit in the corner that are star players, and then you've seen guys that are, I don't want to say flamboyant, but, you know, big personalities, right? And they, they dominate the news and all of those things, and Stroman is one of those guys. He does dominate some news, and he says things that are a little controversial. Um, but I think David has been around enough people to where he's he's going to be able to deal with some of that. And, I, you know, and there'll probably be some, some days of contention where you're like, did he really say that? Um, <laughs> but you know what? At the end of the day, you want a guy to be himself. You want him to put his best foot forward playing every day. And for me personally, sitting in the booth, broadcasting the games, I just want to see him come out and give the Cubs the best chance to win every fifth day. And when he, what he does on his own time, I've always been this way as a player for 17 years. What you do on your own time is your business. Come ready to play, and we're going to get along just fine. <laughs> Great stuff, Coom. Great to talk baseball with you. Enjoy uh, yourself this spring, and we'll talk soon. See you next week in Arizona, Coom. Yep. Dinner on me, Brucey. David, you got to right. get out, buddy. Miss you guys. That's a, that's a great you. idea, Coom. That's a great idea. Talk to you later. Ron Coomer, the analyst here on The Score, talking about the Cubs, talking about the two paths they could take depending on what happens in the next week or so. And, Bruce, that's the theme of what we will look at when we come back. Chicago Bound is next when we talk about the possibilities for the Cubs and the White Sox here on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 to score. David Hall, Bruce Levine, talking baseball until 11 o'clock. And inside the clubhouse is brought to you by Aloha Restoration. Call Aloha for all your water, fire, and mold needs. And Bruce, we just got done with a conversation with Ron Coomer. Talking about David Ross, he makes some good points about Rossi's leadership navigating through some difficult seasons, some unorthodox seasons given the conditions during COVID. Are you more impressed... I, I, let me rephrase that. I think we all respect the leadership that David Ross offers and understand that. Where are you in terms of what, how he is as a, a strategic manager? Well, I, 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 I enjoy the, the growth of uh, David Ross as a manager. As we talked about, he had to go through the COVID year. They won a division uh, in 60 games. He had to go through last year losing former teammates and superstars that uh, of the like that have not been seen in decades here uh, in Chicago, leaving the team all within a, a few days period of time and try to pick up the pieces. I think he did a sensational job. The one thing that impresses me on a daily basis, you know, David, as you know, I cover both the White Sox and Cubs when they're at home and I'm at almost every one of their games is the way that uh, David looks at himself and, and talks about, how he makes mistakes and how he's learned on the job, uh, right from wrong in handling situations, handling people. Uh, right. I, I think that type of uh, in, in 
uh, inward uh, observation is refreshing as well as it is, it's honest. And uh, I think he shares that with uh, the media for the fans, for his bosses. I think that's one of the major reasons why uh, he was rewarded here is that he he wants to grow just like his uh, players and his teams, how, how, they, how he wants them to grow. He wants to grow right along with them. I think that's a good point as we progress here and get back to maybe we, we lapse into the rhythm of baseball and the more familiar, familiar season without the interference from the outside and, and hopefully normalcy returns. But, Bruce, I, I'm curious if they have rewarded him for being a strong leader or a smart manager. And, and I think we, haven't, we have more evidence that he's been a strong leader because of things you just described. And maybe over time we'll get, we'll get more evidence and proof of the latter. But I think that's the question that I think some Cub fans may have about David Ross. I, I don't know if there's doubt about his future, but I think they see him rewarded with a contract extension. And you look at like, okay, that's, that, was that pretty quick? Or did they need to do that? If Listen to this, David. If he goes through his new contract, which runs through 2024 with an option for 25, if he gets through that entire contract, he will be the longest tenured Cub manager since Leo DeRocher. <laughs> wow. Okay? That, that shows you uh, how short of a leash there is when you have iconic managers coming through like Dusty Baker, like Lou Pinella, like uh, like our, our our good friend Joe Madden, all iconic, all uh, you know, celebrated. You know, Madden wins a world championship, and in a couple of years he's gone. So uh, it shows you uh, not only is David uh, a manager expected to win, but he, uh, he embraced the entire organization when he took over the job. And he went from department to the department uh, in that offseason before he started his first year in 2020 and spent three months getting to know everybody in the organization and what they do. Pretty impressive stuff. So it's not only Jed Hoyer and the baseball people that are impressed, but the Ricketts family, uh, you know, the baseball department with Crane Kenny, they're all, they all feel that David Ross is a Chicago Cub uh, first and a Chicago Cub employee second and third, that he, he actually does bleed Cubby blue and that he is all in for the organization, not just as a manager that wants to win every day. Speaking of managers, Tony La Russa, he's back for a second season with the White Sox. We will talk White Sox next with our special guest, Steve Stone, joins us on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.